Welcome back to Brooko Mode. In this episode, we're going to talk about modern dating. Now, romantic relationships play a massive role in our lives. Picking the right person is arguably one of the most important decisions you ever make for your life. Yet it's one of these conversations that we don't have enough. We're sort of in this modern world, this modern dating landscape where there's so much choice, so many options, so many alternatives, so many problems that we don't talk about. And there's little tiny things that we could, how we can reframe our mindset to have way more fulfilling romantic relationships and improve our relationship with other people, but also ourselves. This is not going to be a comprehensive guide to how to master modern relationships. That is just far from the truth. I don't have all the answers, but I do have a lot of experiences and a lot of time put into bettering my relationships because I have this psychology background and I've done my studies and I've really tried to improve my relationships. And over the course of the past three years, I've learned so many things. I started to implement so many things and I'm really getting to a space where my relationship is where I want it to be and it continues to keep improving through a willingness to learn and not know everything and not have it all figured out and be able to enjoy it for what it is. And I think I've really changed the way I look at my life and my relationship and also uncovered a lot of deeper things within me. I used to think that it was all the surface level things. I used to look at all the behaviors, all this, all the other person. I used to always think that it was, wasn't me. It wasn't until I looked and explored deeper within me that I found that there were certain things that I could have changed. I, I often took on the victim mentality in my relationships that it was the other person. It wasn't until I was curious to find out within why I was a certain way, why I reacted a certain way, how I could be better, that my relationship changed so much for the better. And we're going to talk about in the modern dating landscape, paradox of choice, why relationships fail, what I've done wrong, what I've done better, some of the things I've done, why we picked the wrong person, and all of these powerful things that we can sort of make changes, simple changes to make our relationships better. Because I think there's no point in me arguing that relationships are important. I think you all know how important relationships are. Not just romantic relationships, but relationships with friends, colleagues, businesses. It's it's so important that we can understand that Romantic relationships are sort of just like magnified relationships. They're sort of the only thing that relationships have that others don't, that some of the other relationships don't have is the intimacy. So I think that if we can learn to understand that bettering our romantic relationships has such a transferable aspect to all of our relationships in our life, it might even motivate us to pursue this because I think a lot of us get scared from wanting to improve our relationships because it's such a, it can be a very scary and emotional place. But if you can understand and be motivated to improve your relationships with not just your partner or your future partner, but everyone in your life, and it has such a positive effect for that, then that'll motivate you more than just the fact that, oh my God, I might not be the perfect partner. I might not have it all figured out because it can be a very scary place to touch and have to look within ourselves to to better our relationships and it was something that was very scary for me. So we'll get into that. Eli Finkel is a social psychologist and researcher and he wrote a book called The All or Nothing Marriage and he looked at the history of dating and I think 
relationships have changed. The dynamic has changed so much. So back in the 19th century and before that, it was it was called the pragmatic phase. You know, people married for food, shelter, protection. It wasn't for anything more than, I guess, I guess you could call it transactional. It was about security. It was about making sure that you were safe and fulfilling these lower level needs. And I think as the world got through the Industrial Revolution, things started to become more secure and safe and the world landscape changed. It sort of become into this second phase of um, this companion companionate marriage where people started to see, seek companionship and it wasn't just about that security and that protection. It was more about finding someone you wanted to spend time with. And now it's changed from the 1960s onwards where it's sort of become this self-expressive phase where people seek partners for fulfillment and to grow themselves and not just for the purposes of security and protection and a friend, but also to as a vehicle for them to express themselves. And that's the modern, that's where we're at with modern dating. But now there's so much more to it in terms of technology, social media. And I guess one of the most powerful things I've sort of uncovered is how many misguided expectations I had around relationships. Like how many movies do we watch that create this picture of a relationship that it's all this huge build up? Like there's there's the whole the whole movie is built up to the end and then it's almost like that's it. Like at the end of the movie, they come together, they kiss and it's almost like happily ever after. That's it. Relationship over, things are going to be perfect. But I think that's when the real work begins. The real work begins when you make that decision to commit to someone. And you have to make that decision to be willing to learn, be willing to be curious about the other person because we have we we have this ideal of relationships that I think that it doesn't take effort or it should be easy. Relationships should be easy, but I think they aren't because we aren't willing to do the first piece of the puzzle to make them easy. There's a simple framework where you say hard conversations make for easy relationships. Easy conversations make for hard relationships. I think a lot of us are so scared to have the conversation early on. Are we the right people for each other? Do our values align? We retrofit people to these ideals we have in our head. We have this picture of what the perfect person looks like. So often early in relationships, what I used to do was I would pick the things I liked about the person and I would magnify them. I would make them these, I would make them, that's all I would talk about to my friends. I'd say, this person has this and I love it about them. But we would ignore these red flags. We want to have the ideal partner. So that's what our brain sees early on. They talk about the honeymoon period. So our brain starts to expand its attention to the things that we like about them. And we sort of turn that dial down for the things we don't like about them. We're not willing to have hard conversations early. Our brain craves this love because at the core of us, we want that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think early on, we ignore the fact that, you know, this this person might not be the right person for us. So early days, we're not willing to have these conversations. And I think you have to start relationships out by having the hard conversations early. You know, how do you see this relationship unfolding? How are we going to communicate in this relationship? Because a lot of us don't want to have these conversations early on because it's like, oh, that's a conversation for later when we're closer. But I think there's a quote I really love, which is, unspoken expectations are premeditated resentments. 
So we don't talk about what the other person is thinking and feeling and what they sort of, how they see this relationship unfolding. So we all have different expectations coming into it. We don't have the conversation so we know what they're thinking. But what happens is this turns into resentment. The amount of times I wasn't willing to have a conversation early on because I was scared of what the other person was going to say. I didn't want to rock the boat because it was too early on in the relationship. I wanted to make such a good impression early on. I was scared to have the conversation. I would end up resenting the person. I would end up feeling negative towards them about something. And then it became, I found it hard to say that stuff because it was like, oh my God, I've let it go from the start. So if you can have these conversations early and be on the same page, then that's what it's about. It's about making sure you're on the same page so you are clear. Because I think a lot of problems in modern relationships come from a lack of communication. Because we all have our own perspectives, our own experiences that make us who we are and make us see relationships in a certain way. I think we need to be more curious as to why they see it that way, why we see it that way, and how we sort of see it unfolding. That doesn't mean you need to have everything certain. It doesn't mean, okay, we're going to get married in in 10 years and this is how it's going to look. Our honeymoon's going to be on this date. It, it doesn't, I've been there before. I've thought, I used to think that if I was planning those things, that it had to be perfect, that it had to be this perfect roadmap. But it's not about that. I think it's coming up with a conflict resolution strategy, a communication strategy. It's thinking, okay, when things go wrong and they will go wrong, how are we going to manage that? How are we going to make sure that after every single fight in our relationship, our relationship goes up to 101%, not 99%. Because if you're not willing to learn and grow from your experiences, the relationship isn't going to go up. The trajectory isn't going to go up. You aren't going to, it's going to lead to that resentment like we talked about. And I think that's what we do so wrong. And that's what I used to do so wrong. I wasn't willing to, to have these conversations. And it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. But for over 40 years, there was a psychologist and a professor named John Gottman. And he was analyzing relationships, both good and bad. He followed couples across decades in this study. And he wanted to find out what sort of behaviors predicted successful relationships. And what were the factors that were going to keep people together. And he came up with four reasons why most relationships fail. One, criticism. Two, contempt. Three, defensiveness. Four, stonewalling. To me, they are all failures of communication. They are all byproducts of not being able to communicate how we feel in a calm manner. They are all ego responses. They are all out of spirit. Bite. They are all because we are afraid to say how we're truly feeling. And it's hard. And I've been there. And I've been so defensive in so many relationships. I've been insecure. I've projected all of my, my fears about abandonment and all my fears of the person leaving me onto them. I've always looked to their behaviors as the problem. I haven't been willing to look in. What am I doing wrong? Why am I a certain way? Why am I continually scared about someone leaving me? You have to be able to have that conversation with yourself. You have to be able to have that conversation with your partner. Because if these four factors from this person's research, John, John Gottman's research, has uncovered four of the biggest reasons why relationships fails and they all come from a lack of communication, the, simp- the answer is looking us right in the face. But the reason we don't 
still do it is because it's hard and we don't know how to. We don't know how to initiate these conversations. The amount of times we have this voice come to our head, it's like, why are you like that? Why do you react in a certain way? Why am I reacting in a certain way? You have to be willing to have the conversation. This fascinating study, it was a three-year study, and it found that divorce rates were more than halved by watching movies about relationships and discussing them afterwards. That's an incredible statistic. The reason I think that is so apt to modern dating is because that just proves that if you watch a movie about relationships and then you talk about it after, it's because the way you see the relationship in that movie and the way the, your partner sees it are going to be different. There's going to be things that come up within that movie that you can talk about so that you're on the same page and you can start to be curious as to why they see it that way and why you see it that way. Because I think for relationships, it's it's not about both being exactly the same. And I think that's where we get sort of, that's where I've gone wrong before. I used to think we have to be agree on everything. We have to know exactly, we have to have the perfect roadmap to our future. We have to both have the same values, exactly identical. We have to agree on everything. And it's almost like this fusion of two individuals. And I think that's the the worst thing you can do for a relationship. And Lewis Howes um, discusses this and he says the biggest killer of relationships or the greatest mistake someone in a relationship can make is abandoning their true self in order to make peace in a relationship. And that's something I've done without even realizing it because I'm so scared of of being abandoned. I, I was scared of the relationship ending. I wanted the certainty that we were going to be together. So I compromised myself and my boundaries for the relationship, which ends up leading to resentment. It ends up leading to a reliance, an emotional dependence on my partner. Things between us need to be good or I'm not going to be happy. It happens slowly. It happens subconsciously, but you end up not being happy. You end up Things need to be perfect all the time. And when you have this framework of what a perfect relationship looks like, from seeing all these movies where things seem so perfect at the end, you don't get to see how it actually looks, what conflict resolution looks like. These are things you don't get taught. These are things you have to learn along the way. But the thing I was motivated by was I knew how much I loved a relationship when it was at its best. It's as simple as that. When my relationship was going well, it made me feel amazing because I think relationships are so powerful. But when it was so bad, when things were going wrong, when there was arguments, it was so emotionally draining. I wanted to remove the down. I wanted to figure out why do I go into such a hole? I wanted to make things more neutral. I wanted to improve it because I didn't want to live the rest of my life in this roller coaster of my relationship. I was so sensitive to every single little thing. Everything small. I personalized everything. I wasn't happy with it. And it all started with a motivation to be better for my partner, be better for myself. Because at the end of the day, relationships can change. You can find other people. And I wanted to get to a place where I could have a relationship and I can be happy with myself without needing the relationship to be going well. Because I think when we talk about a fusion I think the best relationships are the people who can express themselves independently of the relationship. We don't always need to agree on everything. We've got our own perspectives, our own lives, and that's when I think relationships are at their best. When people can come to the relationship and be happy with themselves. I think a lot of people get into relationships and they're not happy with themselves, especially in this modern world. We know the statistics on the mental health crisis, I guess you could call it, a lot of people aren't fulfilled with their own lives. 
and they look for relationships for validation. And I think I've done that without even realizing, you know, subconsciously, a lot of us don't actually realize how unhappy we are. So we seek a relationship for the validation, but we don't even realize it. And then that's what that's where problems start to occur because then if you go into a relationship, a relationship unhappy, then things need to be perfect because if things aren't going well within the relationship, then you aren't going to be happy with yourself because if you go in needing it and wanting it to fill a void within you, then that means you need the relationship to go well for you to be happy. You shouldn't. That doesn't mean you should not be unmotivated to always be working on the relationship but you shouldn't go into a relationship needing that and it's hard because I think a lot of us I think relationships are this perfect vehicle for self-growth I think relationships are a great way to sort of learn about the world with another person to explore the world to explore yourself it makes you feel comfortable so that you can explore the uncomfortable I think that's another powerful thing I think a lot of us are so scared to explore ourselves because deep down we have these fears that we're not good enough. We're not worthy of love. We don't deserve it. We're not good enough. And I think when you are in a relationship, there is a certain level of validation. There is a certain level of, okay, if this person is with me, I'm doing something right. There's something good about me. But I think a lot of us, even in relationships, still are scared, still don't feel worthy, still don't feel good enough. You need to have these conversations and they're incredibly difficult, but you need to ask and talk to your partner when the little things come up. Why do I react so intensely to these small things? You said this one thing the other day and I, I blew up. I had this reaction without even realizing it. You need to start to explore with each other. Okay, why do you react like that? What did, you, what did your partner do that made you feel that certain way and and it's how you communicate it because I think a lot of us and I've done this so much in my relationships we go in with this victim mentality we go in with this I'm perfect my ego wants to protect me I'm too scared to say that I'm flawed so we start to say you did this you keep doing these things and it makes me feel like that I think you need to go into these things and the saying I've learned to do and it's saying that is so powerful is not blaming the other person. You've got to go in with the word I. It's like, I felt this way when this happened. And I think that's really empowering for the relationship because it's like, from my perspective, from me, something happened between us and I felt a certain way. And I'm curious as to why you acted this way and said these things and, and how can we improve the relationship for the next time? How can we get to that 101%? Where do we go wrong? What did I do wrong? Because a lot of us are too scared to admit that we aren't perfect. And I, ha- I was for a long time. And you wouldn't, if I said to you, are you perfect? You would be like, of course not. And then you start acting defensively. You start acting like your truth is the only truth. Like, like they couldn't ever be right and you might be wrong. And there might be something you have to work on. We know we're not perfect. And I think we all can admit that. Yet our behaviours and the way we react to our partners indicate that we somehow believe we're perfect, that it's the other person's fault all the time. And I've been there so many times. And a lot of us have had experiences in this, in this world that make us feel like we are the victims. And I do not blame you at all. I've talked to 
hundreds of people who have had these, I wouldn't call them, you could call them traumas, but relationship things happen to them and it changes the way they see themselves and relationships. They've had this sort of emotional baggage that comes along to new relationships. They haven't been able to heal themselves from the things that were inflicted upon them. They were mistreated and that is just something that takes a lot of self-work and reflection to improve upon. You need to be able to have that conversation about, look, this happened to me and and I start to react this way. I have my beliefs about myself are misguided. I have these thoughts and feelings and they manifest in the relationship. A lot of us aren't willing to accept that the things that have happened to us come out into the relationship. Things that we've gone through change the way we see the world. And it's a massive thing called attachment styles. And it's probably the most powerful thing with relationships, how we attach onto another human being. There was this massive um, experiment and study done by Mary Ainsworth. Basically, they wanted to observe children's reactions to separation from their caregivers. So they had the mum and the child in the room. The mum left the room and they wanted to observe how the child reacted. And I think they identified four um, attachment styles. And the one you want to get to is secure, you know, where you trust your partner, you feel safe and, you know, there's that certain level of, I guess, that in the word itself, security. That's what it is because I think a lot of us say we trust our partners yet we display behaviours that indicate we don't trust them and I've been there and it's and one of the ones I have um, is called, I used to have this where it was anxious attachment style and I think that's where someone who constantly seeks reassurance and they validation because they're so scared for some reason of the relationship not working out. And there's so many deeper things that can apply and cause this. But for me, I just wanted to be certain. For me, it was all about the uncertainty. Like I just wanted to know that you love me and you think we're amazing, you think I'm amazing and the relationship's going to be incredible and we're going to be together for so long. I wasn't willing to accept, you know what? You might not be the right people for each other. You might not be able to give me what I'm looking for and I might not be able to give you what you're looking for. It's incredibly hard. Once emotions are in, the, in, in play, it becomes, this conversation becomes incredibly difficult to have and that's why they're called hard conversations. It's something that you learn along the way and I think that's why once you've had one relationship, two relationships and they fail, you start to get that understanding that, it is, that relationships aren't always going to be perfect and that, I think that naturally lowers the expectations because I feel like we can go into early relationships with this huge ideal of what a relationship should should look like because we've watched a lot of movies we think everything's going to be perfect smooth sailing there isn't going to be that much work but i think that's where perspective helps when you you have things to compare to things aren't going to be perfect you need to have a willingness to work on things and for me it was hard it's really hard to admit you know i could be the problem i might be the one who's causing us problems but I guarantee you your partner has problems too and their perspective is misguided both of you are going to be wrong in some way both of you are going to have your own truth your own reality the way you see the relationship differently the, the thing I always bring it back to is be curious you have to be curious as to why 
Because if you're not curious, you'll never have that drive to have the conversation. You'll always just focus on what's good. You'll try force the peace. You'll force force it to work for the short term. But in the long run, it's not going to work. You need to be willing to have the conversation. To understand the way I attach to you, the way I see us in our relationship, it might not be secure. I might be scared of certain things. You need to be able to look into this. You need to be able to look into, okay, why do I react in a certain way? And that needs to be the foundation. That curiosity needs to be the foundation ship for your growth. And like I said, relationships are a perfect way to seek fulfillment and self-expression. But if you can't have the conversation, you're not going to get anywhere because you're unwilling to explore the important things to you. So I think another important thing with communication is intention versus impact. So I think a lot of us come into the relationships with really good intentions. We want to we want a good partner. We want to be a good partner. We want a great relationship for our life. Yet when we hit roadblocks, when things go wrong, our intentions are still good. Yet our impact is terrible. We take things out on the other person. We adopt this victim mindset. We project all of our insecurities onto the other person. And I've done that so many times. It's hard. But you need to understand intention and impact are different. You might have this incredible intention to be such a good partner, but that doesn't mean it's always how it's going to come across because you have to understand you're not perfect. You need to reframe that and be willing to explore that, and it's hard. But you've got to understand no one is perfect. They're not perfect. You're not perfect. But if you're never willing to have these hard conversations, you're never going to grow. You can have all the intention in the world. You can have all the intention to show up as the perfect partner, but you never will if you don't understand and be curious as to why are you having a certain impact on someone? Why is your truth different from theirs? And coming to understanding and realizing you might not be the right people for each other. And I think that's a massive thing you've got to understand is not everyone's going to be the right person for you. And that leads us into the paradox of choice. In the modern dating marketplace, there is so many options nowadays. There is such an abundance of options on social media and dating apps. Choice no longer liberates, it debilitates. We're always second-guessing ourselves. Am I with the right person? It depends what sort of attachment style you have. I don't think I've always, as someone coming from an anxious attachment style, I'm not someone who ever was second-guessing myself. I was always second-guessing whether I was good enough and the relationship was certain I wanted I was anxious about the certainty of the relationship I needed the validation I guess that is second guessing the relationship but I would do it out of fear I would constantly I would constantly be questioning the little things I would constantly be focusing on what was going wrong I wasn't even willing to have the hard conversations because I was too scared. Because if I have a fear of being abandoned or I have a fear of the relationship ending, what is what is likely to make that fear larger? It's having the, the hard conversation about that. It's having the conversation, okay, are we actually aligned? Are we the right people for each other? I think I've had a few 
I've had a relationship go longer than it probably was meant to. And it's not a bad thing. If relationships drag out, it doesn't mean that you're bad people or they're a bad person. But I think a lot of the time it's because we're not willing to have that conversation about, okay, maybe we're not the right people for each other. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's, it's actually really, really hard to confront that because you love the person. I loved the person I was with, but we weren't the right people for each other. It's incredibly difficult to hurt someone else that you care so much about. And it's saying I struggled with so much. And that's why things drag on. But you've got to understand that then you're never going to get to the relationship you truly want and you deserve to have if you're not willing to have that. And it's so hard because I think a lot of us just compromise then. We sacrifice ourselves for the relationship. But that's the number one predictor of relationships failing. It's the short-term, long-term pain. It's the can you have the hard conversation now to avoid the pain in the future when you realize that you've spent this long time together and you just, you know, you weren't for each other. The main thing about relationships is it's all about that journey, isn't it? It's all about having the relationship to make your life more enjoyable, to express yourself, to grow together, to live together, to have a family, to have a life together. It is all about that journey. Now, you could be doing that with someone that's less aligned to you. But I think you'll know the difference when you're truly with someone that has a lot more natural alignment with you. When you when there's that chemistry and that compatibility with you that makes a relationship incredible and powerful. It's not going to be perfect, of course, but I think there's a you can make I have this belief that you can almost make nearly any relationship work with the right communication. But that doesn't mean the relationship is going to be that good because you might not have the chemistry. You might not have the compatibility. You see life so differently and you would compromise way too much of yourself for the purpose of the relationship. You could make it work, but I think making it work doesn't mean it's going to be good. So I think you've got to understand that you've got to have that willingness to understand that there are other people out there. But giving an understanding that you need to put sufficient effort into a relationship to see if it could work. I think a lot of us have this perfection, this ideal of what a relationship should look like. We're constantly comparing to what our partner doesn't have to what other people have. It's the whole price tag thing. We always see something in someone else that our partner doesn't have. We're constantly not being grateful for what our partner is doing. We're seeing what they're not doing, what they're doing wrong. We want to criticize them. We want to bring them down. You're, you're doing this. You're doing that. And I get it. And I've done that because you, you want the relationship to be better. But that doesn't mean that person isn't the right one for you. That doesn't mean this relationship might not work. You need to come back to curiosity and that place of love. What is your, in, what is your drive? What is your intention? It's to have a great, fulfilling relationship, yet you're avoiding the thing that's going to make it get to that level. The problem is the solution. The problem is you aren't communicating properly. And that is what is holding your relationship back. The solution is to have the hard conversation. The problem is the solution and often is. And it's hard. And I'm not going to be able to amp you up and motivate you to have that because for me it took so long. It took so long. It, I had to become happier within myself, within the relationship until I could almost let go of that pressure for it to be okay, to be perfect. And I ended... I ended a relationship 
in a poor way because I was so scared to hurt someone because I had so much emotional dependence on someone. And, and then when I found contentment within myself, I realized, look, I don't need you. I don't, things are not the same. We're not as aligned as we want. So I think it's really important to understand that you need to give the relationship time for, for perspective. You need to give it the effort it deserves. You need to give yourself the growth you deserve. If when you get when you improve yourself in a relationship, so when you go into a relationship happy with yourself, things become a lot more clearer. When you go in emotionally dependent and relying on someone, you overlook the red flags. And in a relationship, you might start to grow, find contentment within yourself. Look, in a relationship, you might get a job. You might start improving your life, your health, your fitness. And then you realize, look, I'm actually happy with myself now. And we don't actually align. But I think a lot of us go into a relationship. We want that validation. And I've been there and I've done that. But I think that's why going to a relationship, happy with yourself, with an intention to come together, but not fuse, an intention to be separate individuals coming together for a relationship, for fulfillment, to express yourselves, to grow together. I think that's a massive part. And being able to have the communication. So how do you know if you've found the right person? I think, I do think there is an element of like that gut feeling that people talk about. Like that feeling of like, when it's good, it's so good, but we just, for me, like, I find it hard to talk about other people, you know, because like, how do I find, no, I found the right person. I genuinely can't answer for other people. I can only answer myself. And for me, I think there's that feeling, that gut feeling like, and I think a lot of us ignore that voice because we, we, we compromise. We want the short-term satisfaction. But isn't is it's that balance, isn't it? Because it's that balance of, okay, there's seeds of doubt, there's a voice, there's there's something in my head saying this this might not be it but is that out of fear or is that because i know deep down that this isn't the right person for me and i think that's where it's important to get the perspectives of people in your life like your friends and not just you because i think we don't know ourselves as well as we think we do and we don't always know if this person is aligned for us so i think it's really important to trust actually the people around you but then again, it's like you need to trust yourself and your gut instinct. And I think that's where putting time into yourself and the relationship, you'll find the answers. And I think it's really easy to compromise in the short term and overlook those red flags or those voices. But you need to be curious. I think that's the main thing to come away from this episode. You need to be curious. Okay, there, I've got this voice. Am I willing to have the conversation? Am I willing to look at why we might not be right for each other? There was a psychologist named Robert Sternberg and he suggests that love consists of three components. Intimacy, which is emotional closeness and connectedness. Passion, which is romantic and physical attraction. And commitment, the decision to maintain the love in the long term. So I think with those three things, you need to be making sure that they're at a high level. That's the best way to keep a relationship. A true romantic relationship for the long run. And I think over the course of marriage and long relationships, I think some of those things like whether it's intimacy or passion can sort of die off. And that's where it can sort of, the dynamic of the relationship can go from that 
you know, that original passionate romantic love and that can sort of change into more companionate love, the sort of love that you have for friends and family. And I think you've, there's a lot of things to do to keep that up, but there are a lot of things I don't know and I still am looking to improve and understand as I get older. So I think you've just got to be willing to understand that relationship dynamics can change over the course and if you can keep those things and you can explore that, intimacy, passion and commitment, you know, intimacy, like do we have that emotional connection, that almost that understanding of each other, like that's where I think gut feel for me. So like intimacy for me, like is that gut feel, like is it the right person? Like I think for me I've known straight away deep down that intimacy, like I know that voice, like, and I think that's the gut feeling is linked to the intimacy for me at least. And I think for passion, which is like romantic and physical attraction, I think that's, that's all just going to be subjective into the person and that can go up and down over the course of relationship. But I think interesting studies show that like, there was a study that found that 50% of the people weren't initially attracted to their partner, which I was like, what? Which it just shows that, like, especially um, in long term, longer term relationships, that like physical attraction can actually grow when you have that emotional connection. It was this weird, weird study, um, and commitment. I think that's just the intention that I talked about before, like the decision to maintain the love. So if you can keep consistent with that intention to be better, to grow with your partner, I think that's a key foundation for your relationship. So touching on those three things and being curious to explore them and how you can grow them outside of listening to this podcast, but look into those three things, intimacy, passion, and commitment. How can we make sure that we have those three things as the foundation for our relationship? And I think heading back to paradox of choice, because I I sort of just want to sort of wrap that up a bit. And I think it's really, it's hard. It, it's fucking hard. I think there's always going to be an option. There's always going to be another opportunity cost, as they call it, in psychology. Every time you make a decision, there's always going to be another decision you could have made. If you choose to commit to your partner, there's always the, okay, I could be single and there could be other people that I could be with. Or there could be, you know, shorter term mating that I might be able to do. So there's always, just remember, every decision you make, whether it's you listen to this podcast or not, there's always something you could have been doing. So I think it's being able to find presence and contentment with what you do decide to do and be willing to... I guess everything comes with a sacrifice. And I think as I'm starting to understand, every choice you make in life is a sacrifice. But it's that fine balance between sacrifice, sacrificing what you want for what other people want. I think that's where if your relationship has enough alignment that's where you can actually grow together and it doesn't become this compromise of your true self. So that's where if you're willing to have the conversations, you can understand if, if, if this person is the right one for me. But I think you've got to understand that you're not going to have the... Every time you're with someone and there's a problem and you think, oh, this person doesn't have that problem, trust me, they're going to have another 10 problems. There's, everyone's going to have problems. Everyone's going to have flaws, insecurities, but it's about a, a willingness to grow on it together and coming from that place of love and that intention, if you can have these conversations, it's going to make things so much easier. And some people in the relationship don't want to have these conversations. They'll find excuses. They'll, they'll change the narrative. Not everyone wants to have these conversations. 
But just remember, not everyone is meant for you at that time. You know, timing is massive. You could be with someone and they might be the right person for you, but they're just not at that stage in their life and their self-growth where they're on that same length with you. There's so much alignment, so much natural chemistry, but they're not willing to have some of these conversations. And it's so hard. Like you want to force your partner to grow or change, but you can't force anyone to do anything. And from what I've learned in my relationships, all my relationships have changed for the better, not just romantic relationships, but when I was the one to make the change, when I controlled what I could control. Because when I took ownership and responsibility for my flaws and my insecurities, the relationship ended up changing for the better. The things I wanted in the relationship to change, changed. Because the person's probably wanted me to change too. And whether they said that or not, they wanted things to change. And I've spoken about things in my relationship. We both wanted change. We both saw what the relationship could look like. But I constantly wanted to make an excuse to myself. I constantly wanted to be defensive. I changed this narrative in my head. I played the victim card. And to an extent, I wasn't that bad. It's not like I'm... I think a lot of us... A lot of us do get that thing where like we think if, we, if we're doing something wrong or saying the wrong thing that we're a terrible person. A lot of it's just miscommunication and coming from our own understanding, our own biases, our own insecurities. We're coming from our own way of life. Often when we're defensive or we criticize, it's from that place where we don't have that contentment within and we think that makes us a bad person. That's why, we're, that's why we get so defensive because we feel threatened. Our ego feels threatened that... No, I don't want to be the problem. But being, being a problem or being part of the problem means you, you can be part of the solution. And that is so, that's so empowering to me. I, that's the ch- mindset shift that I changed. Look, if I can be responsible for part of the problem, that means I can be responsible for part of the change, which I do want. It's just scary. But you've got to understand that, and this is simply, simply what I came back to, and this is the motivation I had for a lot of my, um, my life, my self-growth, and, and what I'm doing is, look, the reality is I'm going to die. I'm not going to go down. Sorry, I want to go down swinging. And part of that is I want to know and be curious as to how good a relationship could get to, how my life could change if I took responsibility. And that's a massive part of relationship. Take responsibility. So I think with to wrap up paradox of choice, I think every time you make a decision, there could be another option. But it's about being present and it's so hard because I think everyone compares and comparison's massive and we always compare to relationships which look perfect but nothing is as good as it seems nothing is good is as good as or as bad as it seems on social media so I think you just have to be willing to be curious and that's my that's if that's your takeaway that is your takeaway I hope that is something that you've sort of um, come to understand from this episode a little thing about growth in a relationship that I found powerful for me personally was doing new things together. So I think a lot of us come into relationships. We've had a lot of experiences with other people. Um, but I think the best part is when you can grow in a relationship is when you do new things together. Novelty. You can be curious to build new things together. Because I think, as I've alluded to, I don't think I've said it in these exact words, but relationships are built. Like you grow together together. It's not like you just come together and that's it. You, it's a fusion. You guys are so happy together, happily ever after. I think you build things together. You build, you explore, you be curious. But I think when you do new things together, that's the perfect way to grow because there isn't that that past. There isn't that almost that baggage or those bad experiences. But a great way to heal trauma or ex- bad experiences is to 
have those experiences again with the right person. And that's saying I've noticed is a lot of us go into relationships and we have these bad experiences about certain things, whether it's whether it's um, sexual or communication or whatever it is. I think when you can heal by doing something with the with the right person and and having the communication around it. Look, this happened to me. It made me feel like this in my past relationship. I'm scared for this to happen. But then having that conversation and then you can heal by doing new things with the right person. And but that's where communication is everything, being curious. And for me, I took everything so personally and it's so taking responsibility, for example, like anytime I was in a relationship, I got so jealous or I don't know how to explain it, but whenever my partner had something that come up from their past, I had this like this feeling within my stomach that I wouldn't say it made me sick, but it was like you just don't respect enough. You got to respect how much of an individual your partner is, like how much they've gone through, how much you've gone through. And I think I had that feeling in my stomach because I wasn't willing to accept that they're their own person. And I think deep down it was like, I just want you to f- finish my puzzle. I just want you to be that last piece of my puzzle. I want to pigeonhole you into this role in my life. And a lot of us do that. We have this ideal about what they're going to look like in our life. We pigeonhole what they're going to look like for us. If we're not willing to respect that they're their own person who has their own experiences, we'll never be curious enough to grow the relationship because we're too busy trying to retrofit them and the problems for our own solution and our own problems. That's why it's got to come back to your own people, respecting your own journeys and that is the foundation, I think, for growing the relationship in the right way. Um, a question I had here, and I'm sure people are probably wondering, is like, should I be on dating apps? And look, I don't know. <laughs> I genuinely don't know. Um, I think it's one of those things where you don't want to get into dating apps because I think it starts to over-inflate your sense of choice because I think you, you, you think there's a lot more choice than there is. Like you look through, you're scrolling, you're scrolling, you're like, yep, no, yep, no, yep, 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 yep. These people aren't probably aligned for you. It's a physical thing. I've explained that really poorly. But basically, when you go onto dating apps, you think there's more choice than there is. A lot of these people aren't going to be the right people for you. So I think it over-inflates your sense of the, the pool, the dating pool, the people who are right for you, have that sort of natural chemistry and alignment for your values. So I think we think there's more choice than there actually is. There's fewer people who are right for you than you realize. But that's where I think we're unwilling to work on okay, this person's pretty good for me, but maybe they could be better. So we're scared to sort of, or not we're scared, we just think, okay, it's not the perfect person, I'm going to find someone else. But because we think the choice pool's greater than it is, but it's often not. And the reality is that not everyone's going to be perfect for each other. But I think if you have that really strong foundation about, okay, chemistry's pretty good, a lot of alignment and lifestyle choice is pretty similar. Okay, yeah, we have a lot of, I guess, insecurities, traumas, baggage, things that make the relationship not perfect. But we have a really good foundation and that should be the foundation to grow the relationship. And it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be some smooth ride. But I think having that strong foundation is important. Like I don't think you can just make – we talked about you can make almost any relationship work. I think that's where it becomes like what's the point? Like you might as well find someone who's quite suitable for you. Um, okay, the last point, which I haven't really talked about, 
is breakups. So I pretty much touched on all the things I've wanted to speak about. Um, but I think most of us are going to go through a breakup at some point. And it's hard, isn't it? Because you have this ideal in your head like, I want to I find the one. I want to be in a relationship, this loving relationship. So for me, who had this fear of, of abandonment, or I don't even know if you want to call it. I just, I just love, you can almost love the idea of love. And that's where I think you've got to understand that you have to be curious to ask yourself those hard questions. Look, do I love this person or do I love the idea that they could be this person for me? Like we talk about the last piece of the puzzle. Do I love this idea that they could complete me? And I think I have been there before. So that's where you're going to understand that, okay, maybe we're not the right people for each other and have that hard conversation. And it may lead to a breakup and that's hard. But I think a lot of breakups, there's always this constant need to blame someone. And I've been there before, like, oh, this person broke up with me. Um, he's, she's that, he's, or he's that. It's so hard when you're so emotionally involved. And I think when you have a lot of emotional dependence and you're not truly content with yourself, that's where we're more likely to blame other people and say it was their fault. And a lot of the time, sometimes it can be someone else's fault. Someone did something wrong to us. Someone wronged us. The things people do to us are not always going to be our fault, but they are always going to be our responsibility. And that's something I hold myself to. You know, someone says this to me, someone isn't the perfect partner to be. Someone, something happened to me. And this is just not just relationship, but life. It's still your responsibility. So in relationships, when they end, you need to take that responsibility to be the one to heal yourself and find that self-love. Because I think a lot of us have things that, happen to us or go into relationships unhappy and try to seek the validation and to finish our own puzzle through the relationship. So it's difficult. I think you need to be willing to be on your own because I think if you're not willing to be on your own and be a strong individual, it's going to be very hard to come into the relationship and not sort of have this roller coaster of emotions because you're so reliant on them I think there's a big difference between because I don't want you to think I'm saying oh, be your own person don't be emotionally right you can't trust the person it's not about that I think it's that you want to get to a secure attachment where you're your own person you have this incredible relationship but you don't have to constantly question it and needs and seek validation it doesn't always have to be this thing where I need to have this person so that they make me feel better about myself so that I don't fear fear not being good enough and I don't have this voice saying you're not worthy of love. And it's hard to find that place. But I think when you can be curious to understand who you are at your core and what's holding you back in your relationships, looking at what went wrong, why it went wrong, how were you raised, what sort of love did you get from your parents, that has a massive influence on your relationship. And I'm going to go more into attachment styles because I wanted to sort of explore quite a few topics in this episode. But with breakups, you just got to have that willingness to be curious as to what went wrong. Because I think a lot of us just sweep it under the rug. I think like, oh, that person was like that. Nah, that's it. So we avoid responsibility. And look, a lot of the time people do things wrong to us, but we also weren't the perfect partner either. That doesn't mean they were justified and what they did was right. A lot of the time we're the victims of people's like emotional abuse and, and, and people's insecurities, them projecting their own problems onto us. Yes. And, th- and, and I sympathize with you and I empathize and I understand where you're coming from but it's still your responsibility 
to be the one to power your own change because no one is going to do it for you. You can't and you shouldn't seek someone else to fix you. Fix yourself and that will be the foundation for your growth in the next relationship because you can start to heal in the future relationship but you need to have that willingness to love yourself first, to find that place of self-love and that independence because I think when you go into a relationship unhappy with yourself, it sets yourself up for failure. That doesn't mean you need to have everything figured out. That doesn't mean you need to be the perfect person. But you shouldn't go into a relationship with that sense of need. And I think for me, I've known the difference. Like I've known in my last two relationships, one of them I went into more like, okay, I love the idea of having a relationship, which makes you more likely to retrofit the relationship to work and less likely to see the relationship with clear glasses versus, okay, I was happy with myself. I didn't really want a relationship because I was so on the path of self-growth and then things happened and it made it feel more natural and almost um, meant to be and almost the right thing. So I think that's where I, for me, like in my own headspace, I could feel the difference. Another thing with breakups is learning lessons and being grateful for what they did do. We constantly like, okay, this person did this, did this, but we forget the good things that they did. That doesn't mean you know, we're neglecting the things they did wrong, but we need to understand that people aren't perfect, but understand that they did a lot of things right and being loving for that and understanding, okay, you did those things good and I appreciate for that you for that. You taught me this. And a lot of the time we learn the lessons the hard way. I was treated like this. These negative things happened to me. You projected a lot of your insecurities onto me. I learned the lesson the hard way, but I think you only learn the lesson when you have the same situation, the same circumstance and you change the behavior. I give you an example. In relationships, we all talk about learning lessons, but a lot of us repeat the same mistakes, get to the same partners. I don't think you truly learn a lesson until something happens to you and then in a relationship, you talk about it and you don't do it again. You change the behavior because I think a lot of us think we learn lessons, yet we do the same thing over and over. So I think if you're not changing your behavior from the same conditions, you're not learning. You've got to be grateful for what the people are doing for you though and understanding that no one is perfect, but having that intention to grow and be better, that is the foundation for a good relationship. And being willing to have, being willing to understand we might not be right for each other and, and having peace with that because I think we're so emotionally involved and for me, I, I was definitely obsessed with wanting to blame someone. Relationships are hard, man. I'm not going to sit here and say they're easy, but I think when you can understand and almost I wouldn't call them hacks but like almost like little mindset shifts and little conversation starters little mindset adjustments expectation changes you can do little things and they can have a massive impact you can have there's a lot of like relationship little hack things that I'm going to explore myself and a lot of things that I've done in the last two years that have really changed my relationship with myself and my partner and it's all come, I think, though, I think all my growth in my relationship has come from that intention, T intention impact thing. Look, I always had the intention to be a good partner, to be a good person, but the impact has never come across that way. I've been willing to understand I might not be right. I might not. I might be part of the problem, but that means I'm part of the solution. Being curious to change and grow and be better. Why do they feel a certain way? Why do I feel a certain way? There's always going to be choice in a relationship. Just remember that. There's always going to be the option to break up with someone and find someone else. 
but it's often not better. The grass isn't greener on the other side, but where you water it, it's where you're willing to invest into your relationship. Be happy with yourselves first. Relationships are, are in the best space when you're still your own person and you're growing individually, but then again also through the relationship as well. Communication. I think that is at the core of us as humans. I find that funny though because like as modern humans, we bark on about how communication is our biggest strength as species. Is it? Like seriously, is it? <laughs> because I feel like that's our biggest weakness is like our inability to communicate how we're feeling and our boundaries. Our biggest strength as humans is also our biggest weakness. So you've got to understand that your reality is going to be different from theirs, but if you can will it be willing to listen not just speak your own truth. We're, that's what I have changed a lot. Like we talk about responsibility and how to do it, but just listen. Ask them questions why. It all comes down to being curious and you'll be so surprised at what the little change you can make, the butterfly effect of making small changes and being curious to grow together. It's not going to be easy, but then again, that's the, it comes back to the whole paradox of choice thing. We think it's easier just to find someone else. The movie ends, that's it, happily ever after. It's not the reality of life. It takes work, it takes effort. But if you're willing to do the work, things get easier and easier. As you learn and grow together, the same mistakes don't get repeated. It's not going to be perfect. Things, it's not a linear process. But if you have that willingness to show up together as individuals, your relationship can blossom and it can be the foundation for your great mental health. And this doesn't just apply to your romantic relationships, although that's what we're focused on. This can all apply to relationships with your friends, your family, business partners. It's all about communicating as humans, understanding that we have our own biases, our own traumas, our own insecurities, things that make us who we are. You've got to be curious to grow and learn and do it together. And that's it for this episode. Definitely going to be more on specific things. You know, I really want to expand on attachment styles in other episodes and how to communicate and little strategies for that. But I really wanted to cover a little bit of modern dating um, and sort of just, just start it because I haven't really done much on relationships and I wanted to get a start and yeah, I really appreciate it. And if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you can rate the show five stars, it would go a long way. Yeah. Thank you for listening guys. And I'll see you in the next one.